This is episode 153, Staying in a Relationship Out of Guilt and Obligation with Brooke. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Have another great episode for you today with Brooke, who is questioning whether or not to leave her marriage. And she's really struggling with guilt and obligation due to a major expectation hangover that came up after they were married. You heard me talk about issue-based and journey mate type of relationships on the show in the past. This episode is a great example of one of those. So be sure to listen to the entire coaching session and my breakdown at the end. Before we dive in, I have some exciting news for you, which is my first product is available. So 10 years ago, I was feeling overwhelmed in my life and business, and I wanted to feel more spiritual and be more productive. And there was so much I wanted to create in my life. I tried so many different ways of managing my time and to-do lists, including color coding my calendar, using things like Evernote, apps, but nothing was really working. So I created my own system, which was very simple. Every day when I wake up, get out my journal, write the date at the top of the page and divide the page into two columns of my get to list. I'd focus only on the things I needed to get done for that day, not the entire week or month or year. I'd have one column for me, what I needed to do and one column for the universe where I'd ask for help. This helped me shift from believing I had to do it all myself to acknowledging that getting things done was a collaborative process. The amazing thing about the universe is you can ask for anything you want. For example, if you have to call a customer service person for your insurance company or travel, you can ask the universe to put you on the phone with someone that's super helpful. You can ask for great parking spaces. You can ask for relief from physical symptoms. You can ask for creativity when you're writing a new blog. So I've created the Over It and On With It journal in the exact same way I do my journal so that you and the universe can create get-to lists. So everything that you desire daily happens without the overwhelm. So if you want to feel more productive and peaceful in your life, grab a copy of it, but there's more to just that. There's also a 40-day stop-start change program. So in the journal, you're getting more organized, you're getting more productive, you're being more of a co-creator, and you're also picking one thing you want to start, stop, and change over 40 days. It takes 40 days to create a new habit. All this is explained on the page, which I'm going to tell you about in a second, where you can learn more about the journal so that you can see how you can do your get-to list. You can see how you can create your 40-day stop-start change process. And when you order the Over It and On With It journal, you also receive a free download of meditations to help you manifest more of what you want. This is not my meditation RX CD. This is a whole new meditation track, 12 meditations which help you manifest what you want. And the secret to manifesting involves more than just thinking about what we want or creating a vision board. We attract things through feelings. The more abundant, prosperous, and grateful we're feeling, the more we're going to attract. So this meditation album is designed specifically to help you cultivate the feelings that allow you to attract exactly what you desire. So the link is in the show notes. Or you can go to christinehasser.com slash 40, the number four, zero, dash day, dash journal, or just go to christinehaster.com, click on the shop button and you'll find it there. I also want to thank my sponsors for the show. 
And the first one is for all the ladies. Do you like the bra that you're wearing? Like, does it actually fit you perfectly? And is it super comfortable? Most likely not. (laughs) That's why I love Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements to design bras with breast size and shape in mind so they fit impeccably and feel even better. They just added 24 new sizes, making them the industry leader with a total of 70 sizes. Details make the difference. They have premium fabrics and expert designs. And you can skip the trip to the mall in the dressing room. You can find your fit in 60 seconds online and try it at home. No more awkward fitting room experience. It's hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. They have sizes in cups from A through H, bands up to 48. Each size is specifically designed for perfect fit. 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes, myself included. So that's why Third Love invented half cup sizing. You have tagless labels, so there's no itching, straps that don't slip, ultra soft smoothing fabrics, and lightweight, super thin memory phone cups. And Third Love guarantees a perfect fit. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. So here's your call to action. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, thirdlove.com slash over it for 15% off today. Also want to tell you about Wander Beauty, a new line of easy to use multitasking beauty products that help you make the most out of your beauty routine, no matter how little time you have. I'm sure we've all seen those amazing makeover shows, or even you see things on Instagram, the before and after, where a professional makeup artist takes about an hour and a gazillion products and makes someone look amazing, almost unrecognizable. They're fun, but honestly, none of us are doing that in our bathroom mirror every morning. Our beauty routine should be easy and made for real life. And that's why I love Wander Beauty, a brand that finally gets it. It completely streamlines your morning routine because you're using fewer products that work better. That means you can get ready in five minutes and stay gorgeous on the go. Wander Beauty has already won a ton of award and they have fans everywhere. You've probably seen celebrities like Heidi Klum and Deborah Messing showing off their Wander Beauty essentials on Instagram. Best of all, Wander Beauty is clean, cruelty-free, and made with ingredients your skin will love. It's time to make over your morning or afternoon or whenever you get ready with Wander Beauty. Get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash over it. That's wanderbeauty.com slash over it for 20% off. Okay, everybody. So we're going to dive into my coaching episode with Brooke. But first, as you're listening, I want you to consider the following things. Do you make decisions out of guilt or obligation? Does guilt stop you from doing something you really actually feel is self-honoring? Are you wondering why you're in a relationship where you do not feel like you're being met? Is your partner going through a rough time or an expectation hangover in their life and it's impacting how they're showing up in the relationship? Almost so much that it's sabotaging the relationship. And do you often pretend things are okay when they're not? Do you relate to wearing a bit of a mask and really have trouble showing vulnerability? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Brooke. Brooke, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, My question today is my husband and I uh, were married about three years ago. And last July, he was actually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So since then, you know, definitely been an expectation hangover where, um, you know, he's gone into a, a pretty bad depression and doesn't really want to leave our condo and he got let go from his high paying job last November 
Uh, and it's gotten to the point where he's actually moved out of our state to stay with his parents in Phoenix, and they're taking care of him and taking him to doctor's appointments and just really struggling with like what my next moves are. And, you know, I, I'm just feeling like, uh, I don't know what the rest of my life looks like, and he's really not putting any effort into making our relationship work. Mm. So, mm-hmm. how how do I <laughs> how do I deal with that? Okay, so first, just take a deep breath, <laughs> because I can feel in your body that you're not really breathing which says to me, you're almost in fight or flight mode. Can you feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So just know right now in this moment, I'm just sending so much compassion your way. Thank you. Yeah. And this isn't easy. And I just want to acknowledge you're in a, a very challenging situation, but it's not going to be like this forever. And miracles are possible. And you're also allowed to make choices that may seem selfish, but are actually self-honoring. Yeah, I, I think that's the hard part is um, I'm just struggling with so much guilt. And um, I, I, you know, I love him and I want the best for him and I want the best for me. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I'm young I want things in my life and, you know, I've really been going down the self-care route. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a list of a mile long of things that I'm doing to make myself feel better. And, um, I'm just not seeing that on his side. Sure. Sure. So let's, let's kind of go up a little bit. Let's be spiritual psychologists together. Right. And because from the spiritual psychology perspective, everything happens for us and it's all part of our soul curriculum. And a lot of times what we attract or bring into our adult life are things to help us heal unresolved issues from our childhood. Coupled on that, a lot of times we draw in experiences because of belief systems or limiting beliefs said more accurately from our childhood. So If you put on your spiritual psychologist hat for a moment and you look at this situation, why do you think that you're in it? Why do you think you draw, drew it in? What lessons are you learning? I, I had a feeling you would ask that, um, because I, I'm trying to find the lessons that I'm supposed to be learning. I mean, really the biggest thing that I've been learning, I don't know if it's as relevant, but I found that I have so much more compassion for what's going on in people's personal lives. And, you know, I, I go to work every day and I have a smile on my face and I'm happy and nobody would ever know that this is happening at home. And, I just think about all these years that have gone by and I'm sure people all around me were struggling with these types of things and I, I never really took the time to ask them how they were doing. So that's been really eye-opening for me to just understand yeah. what other people are struggling with. Which is beautiful. Compassion's great. How are you doing it? Self-compassion? Because I heard you feel guilty. I'm not happy. I feel like, you know... The doctor said that he's had this condition for like five years, um, but he wasn't diagnosed until last year. So I feel a little betrayed and angry that 
you know, he was having these symptoms, but didn't really tell me about them. Yeah. But on this other side is that I, you always hear in sickness and in health and you have to stand by the person. And I just, he's changed his personality has done a total 180 sure. and I, I'm not, I'm not really in love with him anymore, but I just feel obligated to have to stay. Right. Okay. So I, I, I still want to go back and see what the roots are, but I want to address the sickness and health thing first. Okay. You know, a lot of um, these marriage vows and, and contracts that a lot of us buy into don't take into account personal responsibility. And there's a mm. difference if he if he was coming to you and he had said, I'm sorry, I didn't deal with this sooner. I'm sorry I was in denial about it. I'm really scared. I feel really weak and vulnerable. I don't want to lose you. I'm, like I said, terrified and scared. Will you like, I'll still show up as much as I can in a marriage. I'm just having a really tough time and I love you. If he was coming to you like that, would it be easier to be with him? Yeah, if he actually acknowledged it, it it would be much easier and right. to have a conversation about it. I mean, right, right. now we, we just have superficial, maybe 10 minute phone calls and right. Uh, we have a communication breakdown. So yeah, it, yeah. it would make it easier if, if we were on the same team. There you go. See, we can say in sickness and in health for richer or poorer if we're on the same team. But what happens, yeah. and, I'm, and this is not against him. I'm just looking and seeing that he he's very angry, very angry, mm -hmm. not at you, but just at life. He feels like a victim. He feels mm -hmm. screwed over and he's mad. And... Mm -hmm he's kind of pulling away from everything and, and punishing everyone because he's so pissed off. Yeah. Now that's his choice. That's his choice. And if you have someone who's not willing to be on the team and I'm not saying, you know, he, he has MS, like, of course he's going to show up differently. Mm -hmm. But from what I hear, he's not showing up at all. And just because not someone has an illness doesn't give them an excuse not to show up and to shut you out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To shut you out. I just want to affirm for you the feelings you're having. Can you absolve yourself of guilt? Um, that's a, that's what I've been working on. So what I, is the I, mean, I feel I, I feel guilty because. Well, if. If our relationship ends, I feel guilty. I don't feel guilty right in this moment, but I think based on my decision to either stay with him or not, that's where the guilt comes okay, from. Okay, so here's how you relieve yourself of the guilt. You go all in and give it all you can. You, you put everything okay. on the table. You say, I understand. I can under, only understand this. You know, I'm not you. I don't have a mess. I can only understand it to a degree but I can appreciate that you're angry. I can appreciate that this is hard for you. You know what? It's hard for me too. I didn't, I, this came as a major surprise to me too. And there's a lot of emotions we're having. I'm willing to work through this, but we need help. We need a, mm -hmm. we need a counselor. We need help. I need to feel like you're still my husband. And you've, what my experience of you is you've pulled away and shut me out. And I'm here and I'm willing to work on it, but, but now, and if you're not, yeah. then we need to have a different conversation. And I respect that. 
If it's too much for you, I respect that. I'm not abandoning you. Like I said, I'm willing to be here, but we're not, we're not having a relationship right now. We're married on paper, but we're not having a marriage. Yeah, I, I think I could do that. I mean, he would be definitely willing to come back to Chicago and um, try to work on things. But this is the second time he's gone and stayed with his parents and he came back and, you know, said he was feeling great and ready to hit the ground running and get back to his normal life. And it, it all went right back to how it was before, just, right. you know, sleeping all day while I was at work and then sitting on the couch, which when I married him, he definitely wasn't that type of person. Right. Well, he needs some psychological help and as well as the physical help with the MS. Yeah. And I, I think to add on to that, he's kind of reverted back to like a five-year-old child and mm-hmm. to pop things off his parents are definitely enabling and you know babying him and mm-hmm. it's just the whole mm-hmm. thing is a mess <laughs> so let's let's go back let's shift gears for a moment back to how you ended up in this situation tell me about growing up um I, you know, when I grew up, um, my parents were married until I was in junior high. Um, my mom had cheated on my dad and they, you know, got a divorce. Um, so it was, I think probably a lot of feelings of guilt, I would say for my dad, because I know he was really sad and lonely and didn't want the marriage to end. Um, I always, I guess, sided more on my mom's side and, you know, connected more with her, but in the back of my mind, just always really felt bad for my dad and the whole situation. Okay. Um, so and, that's yeah. enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, life is amazing. So your dad was the victim. Yeah. Your dad was the one that got hurt. Mm-hmm. You felt sorry for him mm-hmm. and guilty that you didn't show up more for him. Yeah. Talk about connecting the dots, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you see that you just recreated that with your husband? Do you have like insight into why I attracted my husband? Because the interesting part to me is when I met him and what, you know, made me fall in love with him was, you know, his confidence and his drive and ambition. And those are all the things that I loved about him. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's none of that at all. It's a completely different person that I don't know. So I don't, I don't feel like I fell in love with this, you know, sad, depressed person. It, right. it was the opposite. It was a really happy, energetic person. So Right. I get that. So I can only put my spiritual psychologist hat on. I am, I am not God and I'm not the all-knowing force in the world, but I can give you my hunch okay. and my opinion based on a lot of observing of people <laughs> and the way life works. So from my perspective, from my own personal experience and from a lot of my training, we are human beings. We are here to evolve and learn certain soul lessons and break a lot of patterns. 
And a lot gets set up in our childhood that we're here to heal. And as children, we don't really have the tools or the awareness to heal it. So we have to attract similar experiences as adults when we have a little bit more tools and awareness to shift it. So Mm -hmm. if you have sort of this karmic pattern of sort of feeling sorry for and taking care of victims, kind of the helpless people, because your father, it was his choice to be a victim. He could have gone on with his life, been like, all right, your mom doesn't want me. Great. I I still love you as my daughter. I'm going to go have a life. I'm going to get remarried. I'm a catch. But he chose to let the cheating define him and be victimized by it, just like your husband. Now, there are a lot of people with MS who live, who have lives, and they're like, I'm not letting this disease stop me. I'm going to be an advocate for it. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a victim of it. I'm going to deal with it. Not ideal, but I'm going to deal with it. So do you see there's similarities in the way they're choosing to react to their life circumstances? I do. Right. Okay. So back to the why and your initial question. A lot of times with soul contracts, they, our conscious mind isn't going to go out and be like, ooh, I'm going to marry someone just like one of my parents that was a really painful experience for me. That sounds awesome. We don't, (laughs) we don't go out and look for that. So it, the setup is often not obvious at first. Because we have to be drawn in. This is why I talk about issue-based relationships and the physical chemistry being really, really, really strong because otherwise you'd see all the red flags and you'd run in the other direction. I think what you're in is more of a journeymate relationship where you have a soul contract with someone to help each other learn some significant life lessons. And one of your life lessons is really about how you relate to so-called victims and the guilt and obligation that you run when you feel sorry for someone. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it that way. So it kind of had to be set up where you were attracted to him, you married him, blah, blah, blah. And then this is coming up to really have you look at your relationship and dynamic with your dad and your mom to an extent, and also how you relate to like the victim story. Yeah, and I would say for me, like, you know, since this has happened, I've I've picked myself up and done everything you could possibly think of to make myself feel better. I mean Yep. I'm trying to you know, I I'm I'm sad and depressed too, but I'm doing everything I can to yep. just be happy. I yep. mean I called you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. So going back to your dad, what's mm-hmm. his life like now? I mean, he he actually did get remarried, Great. but he's been in a long relationship. His wife, my stepmom, is she's also a victim and a very mm-hmm. negative person, and they're mm-hmm. in a really unhappy marriage. Right. But um, I've asked my dad about if he would leave her, and he says that he doesn't want to start all over and that mm-hmm. he's too old and he'd rather just stay. Mm. So do you want to be saying that in 20 years, 30 years? No, definitely not. No. What would you want to say to your dad? Like back, you know, when your parents got divorced and what would you want to say to him? I mean, I would have taken more of a positive look at it and said, you know, this 
marriage didn't end up working out and you have a chance to start over and, you know, take the things that you learned while you were married to my mom and just make your life that much better. You you know, you're young, you Mm -hmm. have a new start on life, go Mm -hmm. do what you want. Great. And how did his choice to be a victim and kind of wallow in his misery affect his, affect you? I, I mean, it, it made me sad for him. And I, I know that, you know, he's been married to her for like 20 years and mm-hmm. he just hasn't had a good marriage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sad to see both of them miserable. Right. Right. So your whole model of what a man looks like is kind of weak. Yeah. And I actually, my sister and my mom always say that I pick kind of weaker men. Yeah. I, I don't pick really strong men. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. So That's it's almost like you're trying to, cause you know what, what it feels like to me is you pitied your dad. Yeah. And never felt, and also never felt like you had a really strong man in your life. And if I had longer with you, I'd go down that road of, of what that's kind of created in terms of, of, of not having a strong man in your life, because that's probably affected your own inner masculine, your own ability to speak Mm -hmm. up for yourself, your own ability to make decisions, your own ability to put your foot down, your own ability to have healthy boundaries. You're saying everything that's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Those are all my problems. Yeah. Well, they're not problems. They're just life lessons. Life lessons, yes. Yeah. So the shadow side of being in a relationship with kind of someone in a victim energy is going into guilt and obligation because then you Mm -hmm. end up in this kind of codependent pattern where neither person is empowered. Yeah. So my encouragement to you is to call on your healthy masculine and feminine the feminine being compassion and discernment and intuition and the masculine being direct and confrontational, like calling it like it is and empowering and asking for what you need and not letting him off the hook because you feel sorry for him. Loving someone is not pitying them. And what happens too is after a while when you pity someone, for too long, then you start to judge them and then you start to resent them. I think I'm already there. Yeah. So what were you going to ask? No, I was just going to ask if you had any recommendations on how to, you know, really bring out that um, more assertive and, you know, be more willing to have the conflict um, conversation because that's what I've really struggled with is, you know, being direct with, both him and his parents. I mean, in this whole thing, I feel like I'm more married to his parents than I am to him. So in a way I I definitely have to have the conversation with them and I can't bring myself to do that. Well, the how is you bring yourself to do that. (laughs) It's it's just like, (laughs) it's like jumping into a cold pool, but I do think the first conversation has to be with your husband. Okay. So let's practice. Okay. If he was here right now, what would you say? 
And are you sitting or standing? I'm sitting. So stand up. Yeah, stand up. I want you to feel your your power a little more. So stand up. Take a breath. Breathe into your belly, like lower belly. Almost breathe into your pelvis. And exhale through your mouth. And don't be nicey-nicey. Don't worry about hurting feelings here. Speak truth. Okay. So I would say, um, you know, Greg, I feel like we've had a really great relationship and I fell in love with your, you know, confidence and energy. And since your diagnosis, you've become a different person and you've lost your zest for life. We had everything we could imagine, and now you're, you know, living with your parents um, without a job and basically having them make every decision for you every single day. I feel like our journey has expired, and we've learned, you know, great things from each other, but I think our time together needs to end, and... I think that we'll both be in a much happier place if we, you know, take different paths. Not to say that I don't love you or care about you, but the, you know, road that you're on at this time is not where I want to be headed. And you're not taking the steps to improve your life at all. And I need more if I'm going to be married to someone I need the person that I thought was going to be my husband, my protector, my best friend, um, my life partner, and I'm not getting that right now. Yeah. And I need more. Good. You're doing great. You're doing great. So what surprised me and what you said is it sounds like you're already clear you want to go, like you want out. I, I just don't see him changing. Okay. I really don't. Okay. So let me give you a couple tips. The more you don't see him changing, the less likely he will. If you want to really feel like you did everything you can, I'd start with, well, let me ask you this. Are you willing to work on this marriage or are you clear that you want out? You know, I just in past relationships, I'm the type of person that it takes a lot for me to decide that I'm done, but it's it's like when I'm done, I'm done. You're done, you're done. Okay. And I I've I've never seen myself go back after I've okay. came to that conclusion. Okay. And do you feel like you've really showed up for him and you've been willing? Because there's there's, I understand we're dealing with the disease and I understand you can't be exactly like you were when we were married, but I need you to show up in the marriage. Have you had that conversation with him? Yes, I okay. definitely have had that okay. conversation many times. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Then you sound clear. You know, ultimately no one can tell you what to do. No one can give you permission. No one can answer this for you. It's like, you've got to really honor what's true for you. And, you know, like I said, there's the issues with your dad in terms of seeing him as a victim, but there's also the projection, right? So there's the, the, uh, the stuff you didn't get from your dad and the way you saw him. And there's also internally where you show up as a victim 
and don't take a stand for yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of victim energy in you as well. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, you you had asked me about life lessons as well, and I I think the other thing that I've learned is prior to this happening to myself, if if I had heard about, you know, somebody who was thinking about leaving their husband because they're sick, I definitely would have judged them as a person, and what I've realized with this whole thing is that you never know what it's like to be in somebody's shoes, and you know, just because the the person is sick, life still goes on. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Is it really okay. true? Is it really true that you're leaving him because he's sick? No, I mean, no. that's not it at all. It, it's it, not. Yeah, if he was, if he was fighting, you know, I, I if mean, he was showing he, up in the marriage, when, right? Right. You're not. Right. And this is what I really want you to get clear on. You're not because okay. le- you'll feel guilty if you don't get clear on this. You're not leaving him because he's sick. You're leaving him because of how he's responding to the illness. And it's been some time you've tried, you've asked, he's come back. He said he's changed. He goes back to mom and dad. You're leaving because he's not showing up as a husband. He just went home to live with mom and dad. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, and I just, you sound like a very loving, caring person. So I don't think he went to mom and dad because when he's with you, you ignored him all day and didn't take care of him and were awful. Yeah. No, I, I, if anything, I was too accommodating, over accommodating. Right. Right. So this is big. This is breaking a pattern that got set up with dad of guilt and obligation. And it's, it's, it's also dismantling your, your patterns around victim, victimizing yourself and being a victim and not, not stepping into your power, which then runs the guilt and obligation and the people pleasing and the enabling and all that kind of stuff. So I would, um, I, this is an amazing time to get a coach or a therapist because this is big. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, this conversation has been very eye opening because I didn't link it towards my dad, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. I totally get it. And, you know, you describe my personality to a T. I, I have a hard time with conflict and I think that's absolutely what I need to work on. I, I need to say what I want out of life. Yeah. And speaking your truth doesn't have to be conflict. Yeah, but honoring myself yep. is what I need to do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, this has been amazing. I'm so glad I reached out. Good. Good. So speak your truth. Speak it with love when you have this conversation with him. You know, really make it clear. I'm not doing this because you have MS. I can handle that. This is just, this is, I need... Uh, you having MS, you know, has made you not be a husband to me anymore. And mm-hmm. I want to be a wife and I need someone who's willing to be a husband with me. So, yeah, I mean, again, this this is something I think part of your journey and part of your growth is really making this choice on your own and trusting your own inner wisdom on this. 
it's just so hard. <laughs> but I agree. It, it's, it's what I need to do. I need to learn how to do this. The biggest life lessons that lead to the most freedom and fulfillment and joy and prosperity and peace and deliciousness are freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd have to deal with this, but yeah, I, I need to learn the lesson. And how old are you now? Uh, 37. Yeah, young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the hard part is, you know, right before we were trying to have, trying to get pregnant and that's been um, pretty you know, hard to deal with as well, just because. Well, that was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had an infant at this time? No, no. I, yeah. That was your soul protecting you. Yeah. There's a lot of things I think that worked out in, in good time. So. Yeah. I think I haven't ever read this book, so I feel a little remiss in recommending it. Um, but the the book Conscious Uncoupling, look at it on Amazon, see if it resonates with you. And if it does, maybe that would be a good guidebook. But moreover, I suggest either Personal Mastery, you know, the course that, that I teach, mm-hmm. and or working with someone individually. Um, because this is this isn't just about your marriage. This is about a lot more. And the more you really dig in and, and milk this for all it's worth the faster things are going to shift and change. That's really great advice. It really is. Beautiful. How do you feel? I, I feel good and appreciative that you took the time to talk through this with me. Um, I, I really liked having a conversation and, you know, standing up and I felt more empowered. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. I feel a, a release of emotion, which, good. you know, it's been a long time. Good. Good. And you deserve to be met in a relationship. But yeah. we only we only are met at the level that we show up for ourselves. So it's time for you to start showing up for you and not letting all this guilt and obligation towards others get in the way of really showing up for yourself. I love that. That's perfect. Thank you so much to Brooke for her honesty and willingness to focus on herself. I feel this call was a really big step for her in a lot of ways. You heard her say toward the beginning when I was asking her what the lessons are in this relationship, that it was about having compassion for others. She talked about wearing a smile on her face and no one knows what I was going through. And there are probably other people wearing a smile and no one knows what they're going through. Okay. So we shouldn't wear a smile on our face when we're going through a really, really tough time. Of course, smile. You don't want to be frowning the whole time. But if that smile is a mask and you're pretending you're okay, I encourage you to take that mask off. Start with self-compassion for yourself before you go into self-compassion with others. And part of self-compassion is being vulnerable. So I love that she was vulnerable and honest on this show and took off the mask. So the big picture here is about ending a relationship with someone who's going through a difficult time, like uh, expectation hangover, physical diagnosis, in this case, MS. Now, those kinds of things do not give someone an excuse not to show up in a relationship. Of course, there may be an initial time when a diagnosis is given or someone just got fired or they're dealing with a death in the family or they're dealing with some kind of shock where the person may need some space and a little extra leeway and where, you know, a little more TLC is in order. 
when our partner is down in the dumps about something, often we have to pull up and really hold that space as they adjust to the news and as they transition and as they work through their feelings. However, if they continue to pull away, withdrawal and be a victim, then the issue becomes more about how they're showing up in the relationship. When we talk about vows, like in sickness and health, that does not mean that if a sickness occurs, the person who has a sickness gets a permanent permission slip to stop showing up as a spouse or a partner. Granted, I only heard Brooke's side of the story, so I could only speak to that. But from what she says, it sounds like she really tried to be there for her husband and he continued to pull away, shut down and run home to mom and dad, which really doesn't give their marriage much of a chance. Yes, he has MS, but it sounded to me like he still has the ability to communicate and be present in his heart with his wife. And again, I'm only hearing her side, but it does sound a bit like he abandoned her. Now, I'm not villainizing him. I have compassion for what he's going through. He is probably dealing with so much fear, sadness, anger, confusion, and physical pain. But instead of being vulnerable with himself and his wife and working through that together, he's pulling away and she's only staying out of guilt and obligation, which ties back to her relationship with her dad. As you heard, mom cheated on dad. He was a victim and never really lived again. Brooke felt sorry for him and that influenced how she sees men and the kind of man she attracted. One thing I didn't say in the call that she could probably also unconsciously be doing is trying to manage the guilt she feels about her relationship with her dad by loving another broken down, wounded man. But in doing that, she's not healing. She's just perpetuating the guilt and not having a healthy relationship with a man or her own inner masculine. That's why my coaching to Brooke was to go all in, to really show up so she could leave without guilt. I thought for a moment there may be a chance. However, the more she shared the more clear we both got that she feels complete, that she's really tried. It sounds to me like she's married on paper, but does not have a partner who's willing to work on the marriage with her. And this is kind of where the journey mate comes in. I'm not sure if this is a journey mate or an issue-based relationships. Issue-based relationships are where there's tons of chemistry, a lot of magnetism in the beginning, but you keep bumping up against each other's issues like fear of commitment keeps bumping up against fear of cheating or abandonment, things like that. Journey mate relationships are when there just is a completion. Like it's just done. There's almost a circumstance like him getting MS in this case that kind of ends the relationship. And, but both people realize that there are tremendous lessons to learn, but there's an expiration date on the relationship. So for Brooke, it seems like this was a journey mate, a little bit journey mate and issue mate, issue based combined. This man came into her life to really illuminate some unresolved issues with her father and the way she looks at men and the way she lives in her own inner masculine. We also talked about how not having that healthy relationship with the masculine and seeing the masculine as weak has made her a bit of a people pleaser, a bit of a victim in her own sense, not speaking up, not speaking her truth, so on and so forth. So Brooke and her husband are teachers for each other and they've taken a journey, but it seems like this journey is complete. And this is not me deciding that for Brooke. This is really Brooke following her own intuition and her own inner knowing and making this decision. And just as he is a teacher for her, her leaving him may be a big lesson for him as well. Perhaps it will inspire him to get out of his own victim and seemingly codependent behavior. I've said many times on this show that often what we think hurts someone the most actually helps them the most. And finally, before I get into some takeaways, we cannot let people off the hook just because we feel sorry for them. This is true for you as well. You might be the victim in a relationship. You may be listening to this and going, oh, wow, I've really let my own 
issues, my own depression, my own expectation hangover, my own disappointment for where I'm in my life being an excuse for why I'm not a good partner. So don't let yourself off the hook because you're feeling sorry for yourself and don't let your partner off the hook because you feel sorry for them. Loving someone is not pity. Let me repeat that. Loving someone does not include pity. Pity is not love. Eventually it leads to resentment. As you heard, Brooke was already headed down that road. And the key question I asked her to really help absolve her of the guilt and obligation is, are you really leaving because he's sick? Are you really leaving because he has MS? That's not the reason she's leaving. The reason she's leaving is because of how he's showing up in the relationship. And honestly, you don't really know somebody until a massive expectation hangover hits. You know, that's life. We learn through contrast. And how someone shows up in the difficult times really is an indicator of how they're going to show up for the rest of your life. So again, she wasn't leaving because he was sick. She was leaving because of how he's showing up in the relationship. So some takeaways for you. If you're questioning a relationship and you're wanting to leave, are you really going all in first? Are you really doing all you can so you can leave without the guilt and obligation? If you're in a relationship that you're like, how, what, why am I in this? You know, my logical mind is like, oh, I shouldn't be in this. Ask, what does this remind you of? Like with Brooke, there was a tie to her dad. Really put on your spiritual psychologist hat and ask, why did you draw this person in? What are you learning? When it comes to having difficult conversations, like Brooke asked me, how do I have this conversation? You just do it. (laughs) You just got to have it. You can practice it with a coach or a friend. You can do some release writing to get the anger and frustration out. But eventually it comes to just doing it. It's always going to feel, I don't say always, but it may feel a little scary for a while. But don't let that fear stop you. And finally, for all of you kind of people pleasers, I'm fine, feelings inside not expressed, take off the mask. It's the other side of being a victim by being vulnerable. Often it is our vulnerability that gets us out of victimhood. And trust your choices. Trust your choices. You know, the biggest life lessons are often the hardest life lessons and all of us deserve to be met in a relationship. But sometimes we have to show up for ourselves first. And sometimes that's a life lesson. We have to leave a relationship to really have a healthy relationship with ourselves. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. And if you like listening to this show, then you may want to check out The Good Life with Stevie and Suzanne. Join them each week as they inspire minds, captivate listeners, and have powerful conversations with people who are making an impact in the world from major celebrities to everyday people. They will motivate you to live the good life. Listen free to each week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's it for this week, everybody. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 